0: Nissan Regina is the presenting sponsor of off the hosel podcast and as always we like to remind you that this is a Nissan driven podcast they're the number one place to get your next vehicle oil change or any needs at all they have a great staff that is always willing to help you can go see them today at 1111 Broad Street in Regina Saskatchewan do it today drive Nissan Alrighty, we are very happy to announce that Off The Hazel and TaylorMade Golf have committed to a long-term partnership. We couldn't be happier. Now it is time that you get yourself into some TaylorMade gear. They have the brand new Sim 2 and Sim 2 Max driver. The irons are incredible and the new wedges are raw. Some of the best players in the world use TaylorMade, so why shouldn't you? For more information on getting fitted or have any questions, you can contact mike.langen at taylormadegolf.com or find them on Twitter at Mike underscore Lengen underscore TM, Team made. And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kosher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher, stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hazel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Hey everybody, we are back for another episode of Off The Hossel. This is episode 62. My name is Drew Koser. I am your host. No Troy today. Unfortunately, had some issues to take care of, but we miss him as always. So I will do that classic A-O for him, but he's not here. No Daniel today, but we got, uh, again, from the taxi squad... Though Ripper 98, what's up, Coach? Good to be back, buddy. Deadly back to back episodes for Turner Rip Winger. And you're probably wondering why we have tunes playing again. It's because our guest today is a weapon, but we don't know the rights to the song, so we're just gonna turn that off. So, (laughs) uh, okay, quickly here before we get going, as always, this is a Nissan. Driven Podcast. They're the number one place to get your next vehicle, oil change, or any vehicle-related needs. They are located at 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan. Drive Nissan. And quickly, we like to mention that we're always recording from inside. Divot's Indoor Golf. This is the place to be at. It's snowing outside. It was plus 15 for three days in a row. Now it snowed like a seven inches Get on down to divots indoor golf. They had great food seven great simulators great staff great people the atmosphere is incredible Check out divots indoor golf today located on Rochdale Boulevard. I went to high school at micro Riffle high school. You just <kissing> Head on down the road and hit up divots indoor golf Turn what's going on
1: not much buddy. What are you doing?
0: <sighs> you know I had a busy day today Tuesday recording as always had a busy day. We recorded with White Socks Dave. He actually wears black socks. Just kidding. No, <laughs> we. Uh, he's from Chicago, Redline Radio. You know, we had Chief on a couple weeks ago. But Dave Williams, he was on this morning. We had a thirty-minute chat. His dog was driving him nuts. He said so. We had to. He only had thirty minutes, but he's like, "Bro, I'll come on anytime." So I was pumped.
1: Dave's a killer.
0: Dave's a killer. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah. A busy day today. Busy day today. We have a great guest on today. We'll, we'll bring it up later. If you didn't know from that intro song, you're dead to me. You're dead to me.
1: It's pretty harsh. Right, Rip? Come on. Sasky? Yeah, Sasky. If you don't know that guy, you should give your head a shake. Exactly. Figure it out.
0: Quickly here, we got to bring up some sad news in the sports world this past week. Canada's dad... Walter Gretzky passed away. Man, it was a cr- I texted you that night, actually. It was a yeah. crazy day in sports. You know, Walter Gretzky, Chris Schultz from TSN, and I'll throw an American plug here. Uh, I texted you uh, as well. Yeah. Mark Pavlich from, uh, you know, if you've ever seen the Miracle movie, 1980 U.S. Olympic team. Shitty day in sports.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, it was a tough week for sports. I know, uh, I, I don't know what, game was going on but i remember when they announced that walter died uh i was down in my basement i immediately ran up to my parents bedroom to let them know and they were they were pretty shook about it
0: yeah so obviously we want to send our condolences to you know all their families you know schultzy um you know walter and the whole resty uh family mark pavlich you know <laughs> shitty news yep um but you know we have to say those things we're a podcast and we cover hockey, golf, and all sports. So, Turner Uplinger is joining me today. Again, Ripper98. What's your Twitter handle, by the way? We'll give you a free plug there.
1: Uh, I think it's just Turner Ripplinger.
0: Turner Ripplinger. Check him out. You know, he's been stepping in for the boys that can't be here, unfortunately. Um, you know, we had a good interview. Just, we just got off the line with a great guest, and we'll get to that later, as I said. So, let's get into it now. A lot, of chat to, lot to chat about this week. Uh, but first, what's new with you?
1: Nothing, <laughs> can't do much right now, uh, just hanging out at home, doing some school. That's it. That's it.
0: Scotty Mo announced today that, uh, the bubble, what is it, bubbles of families of three or whatever, relative to 10 in a house, so I guess we can kind of have a yeah. little
1: bit of a soiree. Yeah, we can hang out and have drinks on in the basement. The
0: boys <laughs> having some Molson's and Last Mountain Distillery drinks, of course. I have to apologize to Last Mountain Distillery GM, uh, my boy. I didn't mean to see the brand I said last week. It was just, I'm just trying to create a brand and create a drink of Kosh. We need a fresher Kosh. We're going to get a sponsor. We're gonna... we're, I talked to them that night actually and they were pumped about it. And we're we're in the midst, midst of creating a drink with Off The hazel and LMD. I am pumped. You got to check out Last Mile Distillery. This stuff is unreal. You you had two glasses today while we did did that interview.
1: Thoughts? Yep. Good. So, you know, local. And just just yeah, local and it's just a it's a classic taste.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Those those uh last mountain distillery, uh, drinks of all kinds. They have rye, they have vodka, they have whiskey, they have rum. I think Ryan wished you the same thing, Drew. Uh, vodka. They have debeka <laughs> vodka. They have cherry whiskey. They have anything you need. Check them out. Located in Lumsden, over a hundred different retailers. In the province, or in Canada.
1: Is that good?
0: <laughs> yeah, is that good? I'm pretty sure it's Canada, but uh, if I'm wrong, uh, just just go buy it. Yeah. It's the best stuff. So, okay. We have lots to talk about today. You're not usually here for this intro recap stuff, but oh. this week you are. So, first up, hockey talk. We're going into right in the, my new segment, because it's my show and the boys are not here, so... Ripping it off. Who's hot and who's not? And not the dating app.
1: Toronto, 7-3-0. Two-game losing streak. Hot or not, Turner? Uh, at the moment, not. But in the last 10 games, I think they're doing pretty well.
0: It's a misleading answer. Hot or not?
1: Are you giving, you're giving me two different... You're giving me 7-3. and Two-game losing streak yes. in the last 10. That hurts them, but they do still have a... I don't know how many point lead at second place, but they're doing well. Hot or not? Hot.
0: Alright. Winnipeg, 7-3-0. One game winning streak. Hot or not? Hot. Okay. Edmonton, 7-3-0. Two game
1: winning streak. Hot or not? Hot. Playing Ottawa? Yeah. Okay. They're all in the same league, coach.
0: I love it. Hey, I'm just... I have to ask this question because this is what I pay to do. Yeah. Montreal, 3-2-5 and five, and one overtime loss in the last 10. Hot or not? No. No what? Not hot. Not hot. Calgary three five and two one overtime lost hot or not, not. Okay. Yeah. Vancouver five four
1: and one three game winning streak hot or not, hot now. Hot. They finally. Figured I like out. him. Hot hot hot. Finally figured out how to score.
0: That is true. We still need our boy up there though. Yeah we, we do. Need, we need Linder. I agree. I think the kid needs a shot. Cole Lynn needs a shot. Vancouver. Ottawa 5 and 5 in the last 10 on a one game losing streak, hot or not? Not. Okay, now we're going to the thoughts part of this. Who is the hottest team in the Canadian division?
1: That's tough. Um I like it's such a tight division. Yeah. Like 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 Ottawa can seem so bad at times and then they just they just fire off some wins against Toronto, who's the best team in the division, right? Yeah. True.
0: Well, I watched a game last night. Was it Ottawa and Edmonton? I want to get your thoughts on, because Troy's not here for his Oilers rant this week. What are your thoughts on Leon Draisaitl?
1: I like him. I know a lot of people don't because he looks like he doesn't work hard. Um, I think he's very conservative. I think that's that's what great players need to do when they have five-minute shifts at the end of the game.
0: Why is he having a five-minute shift?
1: Uh, the Oilers have absolutely zero depth on, in their lineup.
0: I know you're not a fan of Alex on. Yep. Uh, Alex Chaseon. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think of guys. You know a guy I like a lot is... And I think he's un, not undervalued. I think he got a, a, a tough start in his career with the Buffalo Sabres. Tyler Ennis started there forever. You know, he grinded. I would say to stay in the league. Tyler Ennis was a stud in the Western League back in the days when they had yep. the Chris Russells and, you know, the Brendan Bosch guys who coached me in Pee Wee AAA Summer League. Um, you know, he's a good player. Uh, I can't even think of who else is on that team, you know. Uh, God. Yeah, Yamamoto. Yep. Like, that guy spends more time with one hand on a stick than anyone I know in the league. I call him Tyler one hand on a stick Yamamoto.
1: <laughs> yeah, you uh, you said that when we were hanging out the other day. I yeah I mean I mean your thoughts on the others. Uh I you know I don't mind them. My little brother's a huge fan of them and it's 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 obviously a frustrating time cuz um the other fans are just waiting for something to happen. Just going to run, just get something going right and they have the two of the best players in the world honestly and it just seems like they just can't get anything going.
0: All right, Brady to Chuck or Matthew to Chuck?
1: Brady. Really? Yep. I'm a Matthew guy. Why? I don't know. I just feel like I don't know, Brady I feel like they do the same thing but um I think Brady's tougher really yeah wow. Brady answers the bell Brady just fought the other night right so to Chuck the other night I guess so battle of Alberta
0: battle of Alberta to Chucky yeah. Chuckie came out and fought and I love to Chuck because he's he's in uh, GFC commercials no free ads uh he's in the pizza commercials shooting the hockey pucks. that come on work harder what does he say that what did he say what, he say? what, what is that uh, what does the mascot say for for um, "Quote unquote, GFC. no free ads. No clue. No clue. Okay.
1: Gasep, I don't even know how to say it. GFC. I feel like you're not saying it correct though. Either. How do you say it? I don't know. I'm just saying. G- well, you say G- it, Gasep. G- 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 I don't know. I'm gonna wow. Stop talking. Brains in a blender over there for Turner <laughs> player.
0: Okay. Anyone else we talk about? Winnipeg.
1: Winnipeg. I don't know. I don't. I haven't. I swear they haven't played like three. Yeah, weeks. exactly. That's why I feel like I haven't watched them in like two weeks.
0: Okay. Vancouver.
1: I don't know. If they're. Uh... I feel well, they what was it two one in overtime last night? Yeah.
0: Three game winning streak.
1: Yeah. They're like I think they're starting to play more of a team game, like they were losing games. They couldn't figure out how to score. And now they're starting to win games two one, right? Like scoring late to tie games and winning in overtime. So I think that's a good sign for them and that's a good sign once when they start heading into playoffs.
0: Deadly. I think that's it, right for hockey doc?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I, I just quickly hear the Western Hockey League starts this Friday in uh the- what is it? Eastern Division starts in Regina, the Bubble City, mm-hmm. Bubble Boy, Bubble the Boy. Pats, the Warriors, the Raiders, the Winnipeg Ice, the Brandon Wheat Kings, Sashtun Swift Blades. Current Broncos, the Saskatoon Blades. Is that it?
1: That's it. I still got Man, it. The whole year off of hockey and Man. I still
0: got it. Uh, I'm probably going to tune into that this Friday Is the Pats and I believe every other team plays. I know the ice at that rink that they play at, no free ads. I won't say the name, so in order to say that, but the ice will be choppy.
1: Yeah, but I feel like they'll have the right people there to take care of it. You think so? It's it's gonna be a tough job, right? So I feel like they'll invest some money. They'll they'll invest a lot more money than they usually do.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Quickly here before we go into some uh, golf talk. Troy's not here today, and Turner won't do it, so I will do it. Before we get into our golf talk, TaylorMade Golf and TaylorMade Canada are partners of Off the Hazel. We couldn't be happier. It's time for you to look at getting the new TaylorMade products today. The new Sim 2 and Sim 2 Max drivers are incredible, and if the best players in the world use TaylorMade, why shouldn't Drew? Sorry, why shouldn't you? Team TaylorMade, contact Mike.langon at TaylorMadeGolf.com, or you can go to your local golf course and talk to them in person if you need any more help. Okay, quickly here, right off the show here, off the top of the golf topic, Adam Stanley, friend of the show, verified on Twitter, covers a lot of golf. Announced this morning, RBC Canadian Open has been canceled for the 2021 due to logistical challenges related to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. That is back-to-back years that the Canadian Open will be canceled. Unfortunate, as I actually had plans for the crew to go up there. And cover golf and play golf and, yeah, thoughts.
1: Yeah, um, it's tough when anything. Well, I guess everything's going on in the states, but when any when they cancel anything locally, you want know, yeah. to support anything that's in Canada or Sask or Regina.
0: Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. Okay, so I do want to talk about you know this past week in the PGA, the Bay Hill, uh, the Ar- Arnold Palmer Invitational. Our winner was Bryson DeChambeau for his eighth PGA Tour win. Did you have a chance to much watch of it?
1: Yeah, I watched the Sunday quite a bit. Um, you know, I feel like Sundays are the best. Obviously, uh, I know that, that that was such a tough break for Lee on eighteen. Hey, when his drive landed in uh, someone else's divot. Okay, so let's get rid right into that then. What are your thoughts if a, if I hit a drive three
0: thirty down the pipe, right down the middle of the fairway, yep. and I'm gonna divot? What are your thoughts?
1: You should get dropped. What's the difference between a draw from a divot and a draw from a man-made... Or a cart path. Yeah, or a cart path, right? What's the difference? You know what, though?
0: With the rule not being changed at that time when he's like, I hit the shot. Yeah. Like, that was a man. Like, he wasn't like... I've seen golfers, 90% of golfers going, oh, my God, why me? Why this? Why that? Yeah. He literally looked at his fiance and he was like, all right, yeah. all right I hit a shot. And he hit a great shot. Yeah. Like... With like you know limited spin because it's coming out of a divot, you're playing it probably like you're playing it a little thinner than usual. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I kind of agree. Like, I mean, if you're in the middle of fairway and you're in someone else's divot, there should be a drop.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the cool part about that is he made that shot too, and Bryson was actually like pumped for him. Like they were competing against each other, but Bryson was so like, like proud of him almost that he made a shot like that at yeah. that time.
0: Yeah. No, it was. You no, know, dude, it was a crazy event. I, like, there's a lot going on. Obviously, you know, Canadian Corey Connors had a great tournament. Was the leader heading into the weekend. Jordan Spieth looked really good again. Like Jordan is on pace to, for me, I, I might throw a little bit of jingle on this guy to win the Masters. Because, you know, next month, it's back. Two in one year. How are you? You know, Victor Hovland, was, again, was good. Rory looked solid till the end. Bryson looked good, too. And, obviously, Bryson won. Lee Westwood... Just played good golf. Yep. Um, you know, Connor's big eagle on sixteen, and, and then had a you know a Troy Coaster moment, and then followed up with a bogey the next <laughs> hole, uh, or myself. So no, it, it was, you know, I thought Corey was close, but Bryson just made less mistakes. Yep. Dots on the, thoughts on thoughts in the event.
1: Oh, it was just a great event. You know, I love guys when they shoot 12, 11 under, especially how tight it was where they had like four or five guys who were all within one stroke going into the last six holes or so.
0: I'll yeah, it. absolutely. Just dummy my phone. Okay, sorry. Did you see, did you happen to see Bryson's drive on the sixth? 370-yard drive day day two. Yeah. And then on Sunday, he did the same thing. This guy mashes the ball.
1: Yeah. I mean, he just has people watching him just to watch. That honestly, just to watch his power that he has off the tee box and just long irons and all that,
0: he he reminded me when he like when he did like the the two arms in the air and he's like ah. I was like he reminded me happy Gilmore you know and he's like fifty bucks over the highway
1: any takers he kind of he kind of <laughs> like on the, was it the Friday they did the first time?
0: Yeah, Friday, Friday, Friday. Yeah, okay, he okay, with he the, won across with the,
1: with the both hands up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of reminded me of Rocky, like when he gets to the top of the yeah. stairs or he goes to the
0: us the arm. yeah. No, see what he just did there. So Turner put his arms in the air and said Yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I know what it's saying. Yeah.
0: And then <laughs> Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Deadly. Okay, off to our Canadians this week. Corey Connors again, you know, finished third place. Great week for him. Nick Taylor cut. Friend of the show, Adam Hadwin, cut. Uh also a crazy stat. My dad brought this up to me. He's like. That's got to be a record. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, three hole in ones in one tournament. I I sorry for our American friends. Tournament.
1: Yeah. Tournament. Um, I said that too. I was like, I feel like everyone's in a hole. One. I was texting you, and all of a sudden, Spieth hit the ace, and
0: then Bodie the next hole. And the (laughs) water.
1: But like his ace rolled forty yards. Like he landed it short, and it just rolled in.
0: Yeah. I three hole in ones. I I told my dad this. I said, I've played. You know, I'm 25. Probably play 80 rounds a summer. I'm not bad. At, I'm, not, I'm not good at math. Do the math on that. 80 times, you know, 15 years. What's that? Mathematically.
1: 80 times 15.
0: Hurry up. Do the math. People are listening to us. 80 times 15. 1200. So I've played 1200 give or take rounds of golf in my life. Yeah. I've came close to a hole in one. Maybe twice. Actually, like close,
1: yeah. have you had one? I have not had one. I have a very close family member that's had two, and he's not as good as me.
0: And that's the worst. I think, I, I think, know. you know, when I did this, friend You want to hear this right now, been listening? I think the worst golfers did the whole ones. Yeah, not saying Jordan's a bad golfer, yeah, or or any of the guys that hit a whole one, this exactly. Weekend. But. It's the like, guys that like duff it and they're like, oh, I, oh my, whoa! Yeah, it's yeah. like, dude, you duffed it like a hundred yards and it rolled forty-eight. Yeah, I just threw a dart to four inches and yeah. I can't. I mean, I I get it. Take your wounds.
1: Yeah, like especially the like amateur golfers, like they don't make good shots when they hit all. Or no, I'm not, I'm not saying they didn't make no, a good shots, but it's not like a good golf shot most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, like they'll run it in or something like that, not spin it back four feet to Yeah, jar exactly.
0: It. So, everyone that has a whole one, actually, anyone that has a whole one, write in. Yeah. Tell me. I'll, I want to have you on the show. There it is. This is, this is your time to come tell on the story. show. Tell your story. I'll probably carve you and be I like, think- oh my God, yeah, you're a 48 handicap. Yeah. You had a whole one. Come my face. Fuck you. Piss. All right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Moving on to the next week, we're off to the iconic, iconic. Players Championship. Sick. TPC Sawgrass, the 17th that gets everyone. You have the Sergios out there dicing and rolling them. This is going to be a good field and a good tournament. I'm excited to watch it because this tournament, everyone seems to be, I don't know what the word is. You know, they, they're fired up for it. It's a big event. And sometimes you get to 17 and you make an error. Yep. Right, I mean, like, like, what would you say for you? You're, you're an amateur golfer. You're not a competitive amateur like myself, who was in the tour. Yeah, SAS tour.
1: I'm not good, but I'm not shitty. At no,
0: like, like, you shoot fine. Yeah. Like, you're, you're tailor golf guy. Like, you got new clubs, and, and, you're, and we'll, we'll talk about that right away. But what is, you know, what whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> By the way, like the last four seconds of that was a joke. But yes, I did stutter. What was, uh, what is one? thing of the tbc sawgrass
1: appeal to you uh well the part three obviously yeah <laughs> that's that's an easy one but i just think like the conditions of the course would just be so oh. fun to play yeah like mint like being on the greens and not a blade of grass would be out of place like like it would just be crazy yeah I, I wish i got a question for you So up or i got two what up? so if you golfed at the sawgrass what do you think you would get, would I shoot? Yeah, what you'd shoot, and what would you be accept like acceptable score for you if you weren't that good that day? You know what I'm saying? So like a bad day at so TPC? Like, yeah, like so if I went to TPC, I'd be like, all right, I'd probably shoot around eighty five, but I would be fine shooting like a ninety five. Yeah,
0: I would shoot. Okay, so what 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 I think I would shoot and what I'd set up for? Yeah. I'm fine shooting like seventy-six. Yeah. And I'm probably okay shooting eighty. No win though. No, no win? Win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like golf, win. No win. Yeah. No win. Well, I'm probably not playing seventeen. No, nah, I'm, I'm probably just playing seventeen just for the fun and of it.
1: Well, just hopefully you just make a good shot that, that whole that day, right? It's true. What's the yardage of that shot?
0: I know? wanna say like one sixty five.
1: In between clubs. That's I'm
0: stiff in a pitching wedge right Yeah, there. that's
1: a tough. That's, yeah. that's in between clubs for me. Yeah. Okay.
0: Anything else? Nothing. Moving on. Okay. On to our guests today. Um, you know, as this is not as fitting as I had initially planned in my notes. Supposed to be two brothers. Troy's not here today. But in one of the first emails I got from JJ Hunter, our guest today, was quote-unquote, Drew loved the brother connection. So, Turner and I both took on the the interview with J.J. He's from at Saskatchewan. We had a great chat with him about the many hats he wears, you know, playing junior, playing pro, playing senior hockey in his hometown, playing on a different team in Rosetown. Dude, what a great dude.
1: Oh, my God. This guy's a salt of the air. I think all of them are. They're all great people in that, that band. Um, I just loved hearing how, like, like, he went and played pro hockey all over the States, and now he's, now he's a famous musician with his brothers, and how he's still so close to home. Like, when we phoned him, he was at his farm, right? Just yeah. Just outside Sean, man.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I I think the whole interview flew so well. Like, you know, we had to stop it at, you know, five-minute mark because the audio was kind of bad, and he, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, don't be sorry, dude. Like, yeah. you're here, and we're here, and then he... I said, "He in I, his truck. Yeah, he's going to hop in his truck and drive away to get a better connection. And I said, no, no, no. I said, just, can you start here? Like, this is me, like, telling him, like, what to do. And he was like, absolutely. You know, so, like, him to do that. And great story. You know, talk about everything. You know, growing up in Seanovan and, um, you know, e- even spending the time after on the phone for, you know, five, ten minutes it was yep. just to, you know, tell us that we're invited to whatever at the end when this is all over the pandemic. And uh, great story. You know, I, and I think it's time we uh, send over to uh, JJ Hunter. Hope you guys enjoy it. Let's do it. This podcast is brought to you by Last Mountain Distillery, a proud sponsor of Off the Huzzle. They are a locally owned company in Lumsden, Saskatchewan. They have some of the best options around. And trust me, I know. They got whiskey, vodka, rum, and so many other options that you can't go wrong with. They are in a, over 100 different retailers across Saskatchewan. So start thinking with your brain, shop local, and purchase your Last Mountain Distillery products today. Alrighty, we are pleased to be joined by a guy that is from Shonovan, Saskatchewan. He wears many hats, former Western Hockey League player with the Tolona Rockets and a short stint with the Prince Albert Raiders, former pro hockey player, dabbled in a bit of senior in his hometown, and now is a successful country band with his four brothers called the Hunter Brothers. So after all that, we were happy to have on J.J. Hunter, for coming on the show man
2: hey drew and turner great to be here thanks for having me on
0: no problem yeah no troy today no dan from the taxi squad as i mentioned off the record turner ripplinger back in the saddle here for me and uh didn't help me along here today so this, this should be a lot of fun though
2: awesome I'm, I'm looking forward to it i've actually been looking forward to this for a while Drew. so uh it's great to finally be
0: uh ready to do it here awesome okay jj you know obviously i want to know. know. You know, how are things with you? What's new? And, you know, obviously with this whole pandemic and what's going on, like, what are you and your brothers up to? Are you guys busy? You mentioned you're at the farm off the record, or I, I could be wrong, but just uh, fill all, all the listeners in what's going on with you.
2: Yeah, I don't know where to begin, to be honest. We're, uh, I'm currently sitting in our recording studio, and that is located on our home yard, and it is a uh, farmyard, I'm talking, and it used to be our old machine shop where we did all the work for many, many years, and uh, when we built a new one, we actually turned this into a rehearsal studio. And then uh, just the November before the pandemic hit, um, we had turned a, a corner of this rehearsal space into a recording studio, which we are now very, very glad we, we did it because we've spent many, many, many hours here uh, in the recording studio doing a lot of things from afar and, and piping in producers over Zoom or whatever it is and, and recording. And so this has been a really well-used room for uh, somewhat unfortunately because we miss uh, trips all over the place but uh, we're really grateful to have it so we of course juggle the music that never rests Um, we're writing we're recording new music we're doing you know all the all the social media stuff that is is always kind of in front of you um, on that front but uh, on the other side uh, last year we just dug into the farm and I guess one nice thing is is um, you know the farming season kind of went as per normal we found ourselves going kind of back to what life was like um, a few years ago where we spent a lot of time out on the field and I do a lot of the spraying and and we just kind of dug our teeth back into that and then uh, I'm also a father so I got three young kids and uh, they're getting involved in all sorts of things and so the family's been busy and uh, I grew up here in Shonovan and so um, as everybody that, that lives here Saskatchewan knows community is, is an important part of life. And so there's always community events and activities and things that uh, we're, uh, we're a part of here in our hometown as well.
0: Absolutely. That's uh, that's unreal, man. Well, and I do want to ask because obviously you mentioned Dorman Shonovan, you know, like what was it like growing up in a small town, Saskatchewan? You know, what sorts of hobbies were you doing? You know, sports, activities? I mean, you do have quite the resume. So, I mean, and we'll touch on that later, but just what were you doing as a young uh, a young G.A.J. Hunter with? you and your four uh, bros yeah thanks we uh sorry i, I life- mean jd you still are young you're 40 so i mean you're still young well,
2: hey <laughs> hey i don't know i think i'm is this middle age is, is that what i'm in now <laughs> oh that's, the, that's that's the terrifying. prime
0: you're in the prime
2: <laughs> yeah prime okay hey i like you Drew. that's perfect um yes yeah, i mean life was busy um my dad uh you know, an old-school farmer, I guess you could say. And I love him dearly, but uh, he pre- put a premium on time usage. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of time to to mess around and, and just kind of waste time, to be honest. I mean, uh, growing up on the farm, that alone, uh, you know, especially when we were growing up 40 years ago now, wow, that's, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, things where we were required to work. I mean, I was at the age of nine. I started cultivating out in the field with 55 feet of cultivator and a four-wheel drive tractor and i remember when my youngest brother ty was born uh, mom had a really tough pregnancy and so dad just took me right out of school i was in grade seven and uh him and i basically put the crop in the ground and uh each of my brothers subsequently i mean it was just requirement growing up on the farm was that that the farm work was just that was just the norm uh get home from school and whether we were out picking rocks or shoveling grain or in the busy seasons jumping on a truck or a combine or whatever it was over the years that was just kind of normal and and i think for a lot of guys that grew up on farms that was that was very similar um but then on the on the other side i guess where it was maybe somewhat unique if you want to call it that was that mom and dad um uh, had kind of different interests dad was very much sports oriented um his brother i mean I, I will have to say that life was busy growing up um my dad i love him dearly but he was uh, you know an old school farmer and is and so he put a put a premium on time usage and that was just kind of the norm for us growing up um you know i was busy on the farm from a young age age of nine i started in the four-wheel drive tractor pulling 55 feet of cultivator and Out, uh, you know, cultivating at that age. And then when I was in grade seven, my mom was pregnant with my youngest brother Ty. And so dad took me right out of school, and uh, him and I put the crop in the ground. And as the brothers, came we were each just kind of expected to to jump in and and help out after school you were picking rocks or shoveling grain or uh in the busy season driving a truck or combine that at harvest time whatever it was and that was just kind of expected and i think that's fairly normal for anybody that grew up on a farm and and was involved in that but then we had a bit of a unique situation after that i guess in the sense that mom and dad came from different backgrounds uh dad came from a family that was very sports oriented um Dad's yeah. older brother jim was, was jungle jim hunter who competed in two olympic games and won a bronze medal in the 72 olympics and and dad was a um a wrestler and a hockey player growing up and actually when he got older he was a figure skater and he uh competed or you know, performed with Holiday and Ice around South America and, and Europe. And uh, and so he was kind of the one that put us in hockey and, and started to grow our love that direction. But mum came from a really creative background. Uh, mum loved drama, loved music. And uh, and so it was mum that put us in piano. But the interesting thing about dad's family is they also were uh, loved music. My grandfather was self-taught on my dad's side in about six or seven different instruments he played the saxophone and and oh, really? piano primarily um and then my dad's older three siblings would sing in a trio and my grandpa would accompany them and he also um led choirs and orchestras and that type of thing and so um dad had a love for music even though he wasn't quite as involved when he was growing up so when mom put us in piano they kinda struck a deal and, and it, it was pretty simple in our house uh mom was the boss i guess and then <laughs> (laughs) We weren't allowed to go out and play hockey until our piano was practiced, and that's kind of the way it was. Dad built us a rink just a few feet from our house. Uh, In fact, he built us an artificial rink, which was really cool. He he found an old plant from a a sheet of um, uh, curling ice in a neighboring town, And, and at that time, that was that was pretty uh, you know i guess he was ahead of his time in, in some ways as far as that was concerned building us an artificial ice rink in a set right beside our house and so it was uh it was uh it was just really busy growing up but we wouldn't have traded it for anything and so uh that's kind of where everything stemmed from the funny thing was was that uh because i was involved in, in piano and and uh, we eventually started singing as a family and that's another story um i would at school, I was kind of known as a piano guy, and, and I wasn't involved in school sports, so I wasn't known as a sports guy, really, because I wasn't doing track and volleyball and basketball and all the things that uh, were involved in school, but because I loved hockey so much, yeah. I was kind of outside the school. So it was kind of an interesting dynamic growing up, But uh, but that's kind
0: of where we landed. Well, before Turner jumps in here, JJ, I would last about three minutes on a farm. I would have <laughs> no idea what to do, I would get lost, I would, yeah, that's why I run a podcast now, so.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> have to get up before 10 a.m. Well, i do that,
0: <laughs> but, okay, anyways, go on, Turner, sorry, All right, unreal.
1: Jay- Alright, JJ, so, I've been to Seanan many times, and it's a, it's a very tight-knit community, I actually, I love going there, so, oh. with, with you and your four brothers, how close were you guys playing sports and going to school throughout the community?
2: Yeah. Thanks Turner. it was, uh, yeah, we, we did a lot to get, we've always done a lot together, I guess, as brothers, um, over the years, that was just kind of normal for us. And, and I think the farm kind of, embeds that in you. you you get home on the bus or actually we live about four miles from town and so there were many days that we would ride our bikes to school that was kind of training for us for hockey and trying to stay in shape as we got older um but we do that together we'd come home and and you know whatever the job was we just kind of pitch in together and do that uh the music side of it what happened was there's actually a, a gospel festival that started in a neighboring well it was kind of between a couple of communities down in the frenchman valley and we got invited to, as a local group, this was before my brother Ty was even born, uh, just to perform as a local group. And so I remember <clears throat> preparing for 15 minute set or whatever it was and, and performing at that event. And we did that and performed the next year. And then that led to being asked to perform for this, you know, graduation event or this fundraising event in this community and then this festival and this uh thing at this church or whatever it was that we just kind of spread from there and so the summer was busy we were farming but then we were also traveling on the weekends and we kind of got used to doing things together and so over the years of of hockey i guess that kind of changed a little bit because all winter we were spread out uh with our respective teams especially when we kind of hit the junior and the pro years uh but we got used to doing things together and so i guess when we retired from the game of hockey and came home it was kind of normal for us to pick up and and where we left off and and keep working together that's awesome
0: okay jj i have to ask now i mean quickly here before i go to my next point were you drafted to the western hockey league or were you listed and picked up yeah, I was listed and picked up.
2: So I was—that's uh, that's another story. Uh, um, I was pretty small growing up, and uh, I, I grew late, and so I was never drafted. Um, I was listed Me by. Me neither. Yeah.
0: It's okay. Uh, it I was happens. Listed
2: by an SGHL team. <laughs> I think I was listed by Flin Flon. Um, you know I played double uh, A midget hockey. In fact, that was actually one of the crazy things. Is other than one year of summer hockey, I didn't play a single year of rep or triple A hockey, the, the best I played was double A midget. Um, wow. I got listed by a, a junior A club in Flint and traded to Melfort and I was hoping to play in, in the SJHL. Well they probably
0: they, well they probably thought you were Dale Hunter's son probably. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, and so and then I got to, I went to Calgary to train with my uncle Jim actually, and uh, he found some ice for me, and and uh, through Willie Disjardens, who lived, who grew up, you know, south of Shawinigan, climate yeah. area, and uh, yeah, and and so it was through Willie that we found some ice, and Garth Malarchuk was running that, and Garth had just been hired uh, by the Kelowna Rockets, and so as the summer went on. Um, I got, he, he put me in a group with a bunch of junior and then pro players. And, um, that was when I first kind of started believing, oh man, I think I can do this. Cause I had dreamt of playing in the WHL, the Swift current Broncos were our heroes, you know, growing up yeah. in some ways more than the NHL because they would come out to practice and that's who we you know, would go and watch all the time. And so uh, that was kind of a dream of mine. And it was the first time stepping on the ice in that summer program with some guys that had played pro and then the junior players and going, hey, I think I can do this. And I ended up getting listed by Kelowna. And and that's where that uh, kind of opened the door to the Western Hockey League for me.
0: Well, JJ, and that, that brought my, my next point here. I mean, you played, you know, four years in the Western Hockey League, three and parts of three in Kelowna, and then finish up in Prince Albert. And you had, you know, good numbers in all four years, you know, just to, I mean, it's kind of a jab. I was three when you played your first year of uh, Western Hockey League with Kelowna, but yeah, so, um, but by, by the time of your last year, I was five. So they're uh, a little bit better, but you no, know, just talk about your experience playing in the Western Hockey League. I mean, you know, going like you just said, playing double A hockey and never really thought of it, but you know, you, you had maybe the skill and whatnot, but you went on to play four years.
2: Yeah. No. Thanks, Drew. That's uh, <laughs> uh, for that jab. That, that's the heartwarming for me. You know. Um, no. It was uh, it, that was that was. I think in some ways, you know, you think of kind of milestones and, and things that stand out to you along the way. Um, playing that first game in the WHL was one of one of those memories, because like I said, uh, the WHL was so prevalent in our minds because of, of the Swift Current Broncos and, and seeing them so much, and I remember as a kid going and watching their tryout camps, and as a kid, you're looking at these junior players, and they literally look like giants. I mean, they you think, yeah. wow, I remember standing down in the in the hallway and watching these guys walk out in front of me and and just thinking, Holy cow, like these, like, who are these guys? (laughs) And, um, and so you've got that image in your mind, uh, you know, that kind of sticks with you that that's, that's who these guys are. And, um, I think for me, um, when I had the opportunity to go to Kelowna, um, you know, Garth put a lot of uh, trust in me um, I met the Hamilton's Bruce uh, said you know we dropped a pretty good player for you to to put you on the list and see what you can do and so there was a little bit of pressure there but going out there um, I I don't know things just clicked and and uh, I think one of the coolest things though was playing in the first uh, regular season game it was down in Portland and Portland had won the Memorial Cup the year before, and that was when, you know, Brendan Morrow was there, and I think Andrew Ferris and uh, I think Marion Hossa was on that team, and just, you know, a fantastic wow. team. Wagon. And so yeah. we were playing in the, in the uh, uh, there in Portland, and they had a whole ceremony. There was a light show. They unveiled the uh, their banner. They uh, gave out the rings to the players that had played the year before, and uh, it, was, it was in front of like 10 or 11,000 people, however many fit in that arena. And I mean, I don't think I'd been in front of 10,000 people my entire life if you added every one of every game I had ever played. I, like, I mean, i almost yeah. certain I had never played in front of that many people. And, and playing that first game lining up you know against Brendan Morrow who went on to have the, a great NHL career and and it was just surreal and thinking that wow I, this I, I'm actually doing it was was an unbelievable feeling and it wasn't long after that that I played my first game in we made a, a, a swing out east to play in Swift current and uh, playing in the Civic Center or what was then the Civic Center and uh, you know with family and friends there it was it was really surreal and um, you know those are years that you heard it. I had coaches and people say, "Don't forget, don't miss these junior years. They're, you know, they're the best you'll have." And and in some ways, uh, it was true. I've got oh, yeah. great memories of playing in the Western League.
1: All right, JJ. Um, so f- to further into you and your brothers, you, Dusty, Luke, you guys all played junior and some pro. Um, that must be so special for you guys to share those memories ap- uh, between your yourself and uh, and your family. Yeah, uh,
2: it was, and I mean, we did a lot of we did a lot of fun. We did some fighting too out on the rink. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> you know. Uh, it was Ty was pretty young, but it was always Brock and I against Dusty and Luke, uh, and so we had, we had some wars out there. Um, but I think that was it was good for us. And uh, I think one of the things that was really cool, Turner, was after we all retired from playing junior and pro, uh, coming back. To Shotivan and um, getting to put the blades on all together, it was the first time in our lives that we all played on the same team. And Brock and ty are defensemen, and then Dusty, Luke, and I are forwards. So there was quite a few times that we got to play as a full line, and uh, and then it was you know all the guys that that we grew up with, grew up playing with, um, and in some ways, th- this is the crazy thing is that. Um, I, I was probably more nervous playing senior hockey than I almost ever was in any junior or pro game, you know, other than maybe <laughs> those, those very first few uh, just because I mean, it senior hockey in the small town. I mean, that it's huge. And yeah. the Seanan had never been even to a provincial final. And I think we made five or six, Uh, provincial final runs and uh, the first year that we made the provincial final uh, we were playing eston in the final and uh, the the fans the people from shoneman were literally lined up i think it was a block or two outside the front of the rink waiting to get in and and that was talked about an electric atmosphere you don't think senior hockey in fact when i was playing pro you kind of go oh yeah what what senior but you get home and you play in front of those fans and and the people in town and they're nuts. you go you know you go to the post office the next day and everybody everybody was at the game and so it's it's you know in some ways the pressure was greater than just about any other thing that we played so but their memories at the same time those are literally some of my fondest memories um you know i got to go with rosetown we played rosetown i think our, our, either the fourth or fifth year that we made the provincial final, uh, we, we lost to Rosetown in the finals. They had a stacked team, and they invited a couple of us to go and play AAA the year after, and so I played a number of years in Rosetown, and then so getting to play with guys that I would played against in the Western League, uh, Luke had played with, you know, guys like Brett Tordick and Swift Current, and so getting to join forces with these different towns and then see the – the province, in some ways, rally behind us as a team was was pretty cool, and so those are literally some of my fondest memories.
1: So JJ, so you, I'm looking at your numbers here. You played in 0708 when you went back to Shawnan, and then your last yeah. season was 1213. So you would have got to play in the little barn and then the new one, correct? In Shawnan, you mean? Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. We played in uh, Jubilee, I think the first. Oh. Boy, I think probably the first four – I played, I played. I think, six or seven years of, of senior, and I think the first three or four were in Jubilee before we moved into the Wickenheiser Center.
1: A little shack. Man, <laughs>
0: I I played – so I was done playing. I played one full year with the Rainbow Rockets. Nice. And I, and I thought it'd be, yeah, Is this will be easy. Like, I'm going to start in junior B, whatever, go out there. I did a pass along the wall, and Joel caught. A four-year western league guy. I'm not sure if he played in yeah. medicine hat. This guy yeah. doming me into the boards. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is a wake-up call. So it's good hockey, though.
2: Oh it is and it's and it's fun and every community you go to I mean it's it's a big deal to that community and then you go to the next one and provincials are always fun cuz you're getting to see teams that aren't in your league and uh, you know and then the same thing when we played in with Rosetown, uh, going up to Shelbrook and you know there's they're great great organize, are or great town great hockey town and getting to see their passion for the game and and I mean every town that's what's that's what's cool about our provinces you got you got great players in every town and yeah some of them played junior some of them played pro but some of them just played senior they played you know in in their community but they're still great players they knew how to play the game and and i think the other thing that's big about it was that um you'd, you'd you'd see the passion for the community and, and that, how far does that go? You know, we, we know that the game is far more than just physical ability. There's a mental side. And when you've got a bunch of guys bonding together because, you know, it means the world to them, whether they win or lose that game for the town. uh, You know, there's a lot of passion that they're in those games.
0: Yeah. But then there's the guys that I don't like out there that think it's the national hockey league. And they're like the tough guys that want to run you through the boards. And I'm like, Hey, I want to go eat wings at the Raymoor local bar after this with my whole body intact. you not yeah. spear me from behind in the nuts because that hurts. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had a few, we did have, and I tell you that that's one thing I wasn't like, I mean, I was, Especially as the years progressed in the American League, I had to—I was a power forward. Um, you know that was more my role, and so I'd get into you know a few scraps here. Oh, whatever. you were that but guy. You're the Gavin Donovan. <laughs> well, You're
0: JJ uh, Hunter. There. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, not really, but uh, you know it just happened. But boy. you you see someone run your brother from behind yeah then you get real mad real fast and so yeah i i actually had to make a couple of trips over to opposing teams rooms and apologize for (laughs) my
0: action so okay well this leads perfectly into my next question now i mean you yourself played a, a long time in the minors what was that experience like
2: yeah that was a lot of fun my first one I finished in Prince Albert and we didn't have a very good team that year. I think we finished dead last in the Western league and wasn't exact. I I had a great time, loved the guys, but really wasn't the way that I was excited to end my WHL career. You, you hope as a 20 year old to go to a contender or make a, you know, a long playoff run. And that just wasn't in the cards, just the way that it happened. And, um, but at the end of the year, i got to go play in the echl and uh got my first taste of pro and and living on my own with you know guys on a team which was really cool and um you know pro the pro game is just different there's a there's a greater responsibility you're not living in a billet's house and and uh you know you're required to i guess act like an adult when you're junior you're still kind <laughs> yeah. of you know there's curfew and everything there never is that in in pro but it's you know, it's far more that you're expected to, to step up and conduct yourself and be ready to go at the rink and, and not have somebody looking over your shoulder at how you're preparing and, and what you're doing. And so, you know, that was cool. There's a whole nother level of responsibility that I re- really enjoyed. Um, you know, you realize real quick that uh, I, I think probably the biggest difficulty at times is that everybody's trying to progress in the minors i mean nobody's satisfied you know if you're in the central league you want to be in the echl if you're in the echl you want to be in the american league If you're in the american league you want to be in the nhl and so um, there's that level of competition where it's like i really want to perform well because when the phone rings for for that call up you want to be the guy that that they're calling on um you know which can sometimes lead to to you know guys trying to uh, get ahead at the same time is a real realization, real quick, that you're only as good as the guy beside you. And the best yeah. teams are the guys that uh, bond together and say, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help my line mate out, my teammate out. And at the end of the day, if he succeeds, that's a success for the team. And if our team, su- you know, if the team success is there, then that helps you individually. And I think the teams that you're able to be part of that have that mentality, you learn real quick are the successful ones. And so that was, you know, that was a bit of an eye-opening experience that you are you're playing for your job it's like you're not just on a list and and basically not that you're guaranteed a spot in junior but it's like uh you know in pro if you're not performing so there is there's a there's an extra level of of uh Pressure there. At the same time, the pro game was awesome, and and uh, you know, playing that first American League game, and then and then scoring that first American League goal, and uh, I think along the way, you know, all the NHL training camps, those were that was that was a lot of fun, and so I've got some great memories, and I've got a lot of great friendships that that remain to this day for those years in pro.
1: That's perfect. Uh, you always you talk about just trying to get to the next level, and um, I got to ask here, like. Do you ever think you're just you're so like to get to the NHL? It's so hard to get there, and it's so hard to stay. Right? Did you ever think yeah. that you might get a shot to play in the big leagues?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, everybody's that's that's everybody's goal, and and uh, I think. Um, you know, if you, as soon as you lose that fire to say, "I think I can make it" or "I want to make it," you know that that's when the game, you know, can take a take a dive. I mean, not that you can't have a lot of great years um, afterwards. That you realize, you know, this is where I'm at, and this is what my my role is, and that's fine too. But, um, you know. For me, that was always in the back of my mind, and I attended—I think it was seven NHL training camps. My first one with Detroit, and then six with the Oilers. And uh, you know, I played preseason games. And so, uh, when you're on the ice in those preseason games, I, I dislocated my shoulder in a game down in Dallas against the Stars. Just kind of a fluke thing. And and I remember in that particular game feeling like, Hey, I can do this. Like, like I, it was, that was that game in particular was a game where I was just like, I knew that, Hey, I can play at this level. Um, the lockout year, I mean, and everybody's got their stories and you know, you never know how it would work out. Um, I had resigned with Edmonton for two years following my first year in the American league in Toronto, my first full year, I could say when I played with the Roadrunners in Toronto and I had had a good our playoff run was short we lost I think in three games uh, the best of three to Cleveland and um, but I had had a really good stretch of game you know the, the second half of the year had gone really well for me and playoffs went really well and um, they said we're gonna resign you and next year will be your chance well that next year was the lockout year and uh, which was you know quite a bummer um, because you really you want that opportunity. I wasn't drafted into the NHL. I signed as a free agent with Edmonton. And so as an undrafted guy, you're just looking for that one chance. And, and then you got to make most of that one chance, but you're looking for that one one moment. And um, the year it started, and the year started well. We were in Edmonton. Playing at Rexall Place which was a cool experience in and of itself and uh, Kelly Buckberger was our assistant coach we finished I think the first six or eight games of the season and they had gone really well for me um, and he said hey just keep on going it was after the game he said if there was an NHL you know where you'd be and that was that was a statement that stuck out in my mind thinking you know it was encouraging but at the same time it yeah. was kind of disheartening dislocated my shoulder about 12 games, 11, 12 games into the season. And my second half didn't go as well once I kind of recovered. And then, uh, I still had another year on my deal. I thought this would be the opportunity camp was going pretty well. I was living with Ryan Smith at that time, played a game in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, and then we flew to Dallas, and I was playing in my second preseason game that year, and then that's when I dislocated my shoulder, and I, you know, I never signed in any, after that year, I never signed another NHL contract, so you, you've got that window of opportunity, and, and unfortunately, it it closed for me, and that's just what was in the cards, at the same time, you know, yeah, there are those moments where you really think, yeah, I think I can do this, but, uh, you know, that, there's a lot of stories of guys that got close but didn't make it, but uh, you know I cherish every every one of those moments and learning experiences along the way.
0: Okay, JJ, I have to uh, you know almost I picked apart the whole of Turner's question there. You mentioned Detroit, and he talked off the record with me. You might have a story of Joey Koser.
2: Yeah, I absolutely do. So it was my first. I I'd finished my first year in uh, in Kelowna. And I got a free agent tryout to Detroit. And so we were up in Traverse City. We had the rookie camp, the tournament where we played, I, I think, Chicago, St. Louis, uh, us with Detroit. And I think it was Nashville, maybe, that was in the tournament. And so we played this little rookie tournament and uh, had a lot of fun then main camp started and all the vets came in and of course you had Steve Eiserman and Chris Chelios and Nicholas Lidstrom and and uh Osgood and all these guys just unbelievable and that was just phenomenal i i, I remember i scored a goal uh, and it was assisted by Chris Draper and and just you know that moment where I, like <laughs> my you get know, pinch yourself you're like am i actually like on the ice kind of like Yeah. I mean, these guys were so good, but I'm on the dry line line now playing at their level. Like, it's like, (laughs) what, what is going on? Is this real? And, uh, I remember there's a few, there's a number of stories that happened. That being my first NHL camp, I remember we finished the session, finished working out and, uh, they were waiting, was waiting. They had these shuttles that would take us back to the hotel. And, uh, we had played against Steve Eiserman's team that day. And, I was I was outside and I saw the shuttle pull up, so I jumped in and Chris Chelios and Steve Eiserman were in there and just like chatting with them on the way back to the hotel. And I remember, I mean, Iserman was unbelievable every time. I he said, "Oh, I was that was a terrible session." I was like, "Man, I wish I could have had your terrible." He said, "No, no, it just you know it was just so cool just hanging out with these guys." Anyway, it was after <laughs> one of the sessions, and I don't know. I think Joey must have that I was, you know, a Western League boy and, and maybe grew up in Saskatchewan, something like that, because he kind of came alongside me and, and just said, hey, how you doing? And this guy took me under his wing and started showing me around. He said, hey, anybody you'd like to meet? And so he proceeded to take me around to the individual dressing rooms, introduced me to, you know, all these guys. Sergey Fedorov got a stick for me from Fedorov, took me to Chris Chelios, got a stick for him, and he got me about five or six sticks <laughs> from these guys. And then he signed one for me too. And uh, it was just one of those moments where a veteran guy, you know, I think, I think he was kind of close to the tail end of his career at that point. And, uh, and he just, he didn't have to do that. Didn't have to, you know, show any interest in, in a young guy. I mean, who was I, I, nobody. and, And he just came alongside and just spent a good portion of that afternoon, just hanging out with me, getting me sticks Showing me the ropes, just making me feel like I, I was a part of things, and and uh, you know it's it's those memories that you never forget, and uh, and so I'll always be thankful to him, you
0: know, for that that sticks in your head. That's super cool, and and, and, and until he's like, hey, we're fighting next practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, JJ, I have to ask, and you know, Troy wanted to ask this question too, but he's not here today, so Turner and I want to know. You know, what are you up to now? You know, I'm an unreal singer in the shower. My gal says <laughs> I'm not. But, uh, you know, when did music become, you know, a, a, a real thing for you? You mentioned that you were you were all involved in, you know, piano and instruments when you were younger. But when did it become like, hey, like, I'm pretty good at what I do. Let's turn this into a, a band and be so successful. Yeah.
2: Uh, you know what? That's a that's a hard question to answer. Um, you know, as, as kids growing up, piano wasn't especially. You know, I was a hockey player, and it wasn't really. And uh, I don't mean this negatively, but you know. Be- being the piano guy wasn't exactly the coolest thing, you know, growing up. To be honest, there were some days where I wasn't all that keen on, on practicing and, and putting in your time. Uh, when I was about 13, 14, I started playing guitar because I, I wanted to do that. So I was taking both guitar and piano and, and the, the theory and, and uh, history as well, along with it, it all kind of was part of it. And, uh, and, you know, there were some days that it was a grind, but for some reason, we just kind of kept doing it. And you know i heard along the way just keep at it keep at it you'll be thankful you do someday and you know there are days where you're rolling your eyes at it but now looking back i i'm i'm really thankful that we did and i think part of it you know to be honest we we were we were fortunate to get that kind of base understanding of music through piano and theory and whatnot, yeah. um, but it wasn't like we were unreal players. Like you'll you all of a sudden hear someone pick up the guitar and the guy can just play any solo you know <laughs> that you throw at him and and they can just shred on the guitar. And
0: I oh, I can, JJ. Was... <laughs> Smoke in the water. Bam, 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 bam.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna have to hear that in person. <laughs> No,
0: uh, well, I can't. Sorry, go on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't that I, I don't think that it was a fact that any of us were all that unbelievably skilled on specific instruments. Um, I think it was us doing it together. We did learn to harmonize together from a young age. That was something that mom helped us with. And uh, I think the uniqueness of doing it together as brothers, but we did play a lot together. So we've got videos of us when we were kids playing you know, playing as a band and there was a camp that uh, Bible camp that played south of us. And so we would go down and play for that in the evenings. And, and uh, it was something where we, uh, we learned to do it together. And I think because of the harmonies that really helped us out. And uh, dad is funny because dad, being the figure skater i mentioned earlier he was always into you know holiday and ice was about choreography and, and putting on a show and so dad always encouraged us he's like you know when when we're on stage when you guys are on stage like it's got to be a show you got to do something that 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 captivates people's attention or whatever and so we always try to focus on doing something that that kind of Uh, kept people's eyes open whether it was in and some of the stuff you know it was kind of goofy we would do choreographed steps or we'd do you know something that that would that would be different and that was kind of in the back of our minds all the time but when we came back from playing hockey part of the reason why i retired i finished with the manitoba moose and it was that we had never really given the music an honest chance and and we all wanted to do that and so when we got home we started digging into the music and uh and a good buddy of ours is brad Rempel from high valley i don't know if you guys uh, listen to much country music but high valley are good friends of ours and brad introduced us to his producer down in nashville and he said why don't we get some songs together produce a record i'll send it to some people i know and we'll go from there so brad really helped us out introduced us to our now manager and label head ron kitchener and open road recordings and um and that's kind of where it started and it was a bit an eye-opening experience because uh we were down in nashville performing for our very first event for the label and um and they took us that night to the ryman auditorium and we listened to sam hunt play and uh and we were blown away of course by the performance never heard of unbelievable (laughs) and uh i was in our head of a and r's office the next day And uh, he said, how do you like the show? He said, unreal, you know, amazing. And I made some sort of passing comment of him being on, you know, just such a high level and so much higher than, than we are at. And he just stopped me and he said, hey, when you get on stage, that's what's expected of you. You know that's wow. what people are expecting, and yeah. I was just like my jaw was on the floor, and and it was like a well, it's it's, it's kind of like you know that first moment where you're playing, you say you want to play in the NHL, and yeah. and you go out mm-hmm. and watch your heroes play and say, well, that's who you're competing against, and it was like okay, so that that really was a challenge to us to say how how do we need to step up our game, and so it's been a process. You learn every step of the way, just like you do in any walk of life, and and uh, you hope to improve each and every day
1: that's awesome um you know jj i'm a huge i'm a huge country fan um oh, awesome. I, I love your guys's work i love listening to country music you guys got a great yeah. thing going here so what's it like traveling and playing and creating music yeah that's a
2: lot of fun um there's i mentioned that i was you know in the studio here and uh there's almost nothing greater than when you, you start with a uh, we use Pro Tools, and you start with a blank Pro Tool session. There's nothing on there. And uh, by the end of the day, you've either written a song or you've recorded songs, and, and this blank slate all of a sudden has come to life with, you know, the various instruments and the voices or whatever it is, and um, it's a really fun process. That creative process is fun. I think, though alongside that probably the thing that we love just about more than anything is is being on the road that's one reason why these last you know this year and a bit's been tough it's it's been over a year since we've done a full you know band performance uh, a live full band performance and um it's you know it's like hockey you ask the guys what do you miss about playing hockey you know you do miss the games you miss the crowds you miss scoring a goal on a, you know on a big game but without fail, just about every guy says, I miss the guys. I miss being on the road and sharing stories and finishing a game and reminiscing about what happened and, and whatever it is. And in some ways the music's kind of the same. I I love being on stage and performing, but you also miss the people you miss, uh, interacting after a concert and, and learning about people's stories and, and going to a new place. You know, I'd never been to Havelock, Ontario before. They got an unbelievable (laughs) music festival there an unbelievable venue, uh, i i didn't know about it before and now we've played there and, and met some awesome people there and so you know it's those memories that uh that are really cool along the way and uh, I guess the other thing is too. We've met some really great people. The, the country music scene is is really great. The people we've been on tour with Paul Brant and High Valley and Jess Moskaluk, and we know you know we've played alongside the, the 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 groups that that play on radio, and and they're good people, and and so it's a lot of fun interacting with them and learning about their stories and what brought them to that place, and and uh, you know it's kind of like a it's it's kind of like the hockey world. The hockey world's a small world, and so is the country music world, and so it's fun
0: to be part of so jj i mean this kind of like just tails on to the last you know part of that answer there you know being from saskatchewan and so successful and and we're all about bringing in this SAS talent to this podcast is that's what we're all about not a big deal but <laughs> that's awesome. you know like, like what does it mean to you and your brothers and your family you know like you said you're back home right now recording but You know, when when this is all over and we can go, wow, we're back on stage and people aren't wearing masks. We're not worried about what your last name is and your phone number is because you have to check in because there's a pandemic on, you know, just like, like, what does it mean to you and your brothers, you know, that you guys can go on stage and just give people something else that I can't do, that I can't sing. So you go out there and you put on a great show. Yeah. Well, thanks, first of all,
2: and, and I appreciate you guys shining the spotlight on people from our province. I, I love, I love where we're from, and uh, you, when we were texting, getting ready for it, Drew, uh, you know, you you complimented me along the way, and the reality is, we're just farm boys. You know, we <laughs> we grew up on the prairies, listening to the one radio station we have out here, the five ninety
0: in Shawinigan Saskatchewan, yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly, and, and listening to you know country music driving up and down the fields and hey do you know what in about six weeks time we'll be driving up and down those same fields listening to that same you know radio station putting the crop in the ground again for another year and and uh, so you know in many ways you know i i love the fact that you're shining the spotlight on on this province because i, I i've I love where we're from and uh, uh, I love what we get to do, whether it's out in the field or it's on the stage or, you know, at a hockey rink somewhere. And I think one of the things that we've been so encouraged by is the people. Um, You know, we've had the province stand behind us. Uh, We shot our first music video, our music video for Born and Raised, which was kind of the first song that was our first top 10. And it was our first song that really kind of helped propel us uh, in the Canadian country music scene. And, we were trying to come up with an idea for what to do for our, the music video and uh, there again you're looking at a clean slate what do we want to do how do we want to portray this and we all of a sudden one of the guys had an idea like the song's called born and raised what if we did it like literally in our backyard where we were born and raised and we invited all the people from the communities here in the southwest of saskatchewan and uh, and and had kind of a a big concert slash party with the people that in essence born and raised us. And that, that was one of the coolest experiences ever because as we played, we actually, and the funny thing was I was holding back tears when I got on stage, when they hyped up the crowd and then we stepped on stage and played born and raised live uh, for that crowd. Um, I was looking out over the sea of people you know Shaunavan's about 1800 people and I think there were about 1,200 we estimated there that night <laughs> and uh, from Shaunavan, but also you know s- surrounding communities and I looked out and I saw people that had been my mentors that had been my teachers that had been you know hockey coaches That's friends awesome. you know people that, that I had admired and looked up to and and I I lit- I had to shut that part of my brain off because I, I was almost ready to break down crying and i i got off stage and i said that to my brothers because we performed the song i think three or four times for the camera crew to get the um the uh the angles and we didn't know what to expect i mean uh, you know small towns are, are are rowdy but when you know sometimes it's hardest performing in front of the people you know and we didn't know what people were going to do and each time we played it we thought oh man they're going to get tired of doing this they just got progressively louder and more engaged. And we got off stage. I said to the guys, I said, like I had to hold back tears. And every one of my brothers said the same thing. They said, like I would have broke down crying if I hadn't, you know, just kind of shut that off. And, you know, I think that's a representation of, of our province and uh, and we stand behind each other and uh, and we've experienced that through the hockey and yeah there's rivalries and you go to a, a town and everyone gets fired up but at the end of the day we know where we're from, and we know that we've got each other's backs. And, and uh, that's one of the most special things from where we're from. Uh, we've talked to Jess Moskaluk, you know, and, and she's felt the same thing, you know, over there. And I, I think she's from Langenberg and, and Rokenville area, and, and uh, it's pretty special.
0: All right, JJ, off to our segment now called Questions from the Gallery, sponsored by TaylorMade Golf. They are partners of off the hosel, and we couldn't be happier. It is time you look to get in the new TaylorMade products today. The new SIM2 and SIM2 Max drivers are incredible. And if the best players in the world use TaylorMade, why shouldn't my brother? Just kidding. Why shouldn't you? <laughs> Team TaylorMade contact Mike.Langen at TaylorMadeGolf.com or go to your local golf course and just ask for help because they will send you in the right direction as TaylorMade Golf is it's the best and it's changed my brother's my brother's golf game. So Check out TaylorMade Golf today. All right, JJ, we don't want to take up all your time as you're busy, guys. We know from the Reverend, he's our uh, our third, uh, he's one third of the podcast, not here today. Daniel Hegel, favorite place to perform in Saskatchewan, and where was the best show you had here? Uh, terrible, sorry, terrible grammar on Daniel's part. So I'll carve him there for not being here. But uh, go on. <laughs> um we
2: you know this isn't necessarily our typical well there's a couple ones that stand out um the humble broncos tribute concert at uh in in saskatoon um one of the hardest shows we ever played um, with the families of the of the humble broncos in the front rows um but one of the most um honoring and um I guess, humbling opportunities that we've been given. We were actually out on tour in Ontario, and uh, we got asked to do that, and we had been closely associated with uh, many that were involved. And so getting to play at that that tribute concert, um, like I said, was one of the hardest things, but one of the most um, humbling and special things. And we have a lot of friendships, and you know, I want to make a shout-out to all the humble Broncos families because uh, uh, the ones that were lost, the ones that uh, were part of the accident, Um, they're never forgotten and uh, we said that then and we'll continue to say it so that was probably one of the the hardest but most special Um, I would say another one uh, we're we're not exactly like a beer garden um, uh, you know band but the last uh, time we played Craven, we, we were closing out the whole weekend on the beer garden stage, and the crowd was absolutely unbelievable. They were short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got cut short because uh, that the storm hit, and uh, it was crazy. It ripped through there, and we only got through about a third of our set. But the people were just, they were, they were right with us. And, and from the second we stepped on stage, uh, they were right there. And so that was one of the most engaged crowds that we've, that we've ever got to play for. Uh, the tour through Paul Brandt through Saskatchewan was pretty special too. Uh,
1: JJ, that, that day you played at the beer guns, I think you did a little backstage, you and your brothers. Is that correct? What's that, sorry? You guys did a little backstage performance. That, I think it was that oh. same day. Yeah, yeah, I was at that. Um, you did, oh, it, you awesome. did it for about like twenty people, and you and your brothers were just awesome that day.
2: Oh, were you there that night, Turner?
1: Yeah, I was. <laughs> well, so yeah, JJ was- JD, before you you answer that, Turner,
0: I mean, this is one of his first full on podcasts, other than his best buddy that we had on two weeks ago or last week, uh, yep. Cole Lind. So nice. This it, is the connection I, yep. I I needed. My taxi squad, Turner, up <laughs> winger on the show today. So sorry, go on
1: there, uh, but.
2: Lindy's
1: awesome that's so cool yeah that's a great family all right uh sure is golf talk here uh you and your brothers play much like uh where like where's your favorite place to play any memorable places and who's the best between you and your brothers got to hear this
0: yeah,
2: yeah no we uh oh, like we are terrible golfers <laughs> i'm sorry you're looking for a good answer here and i literally have nothing for you um i you know back in the day we played a little bit uh, just because you had to play in hockey but I, I had to play in a few celebrity golf tournaments and i was always thoroughly embarrassed by the end of the day so <laughs> I'm sorry. That that's probably the worst answer I could probably <laughs> give here, but that's that's the truth.
0: That's okay. It's sponsored by TaylorMade Golf. We'll figure out a match this summer. We'll get it set up. Me, me, you, Turner, Troy, Ripper, Linder, whatever it is. We'll um, we'll get it out there. We'll we'll yeah, play some I'll, golf.
2: I'll, I'll drive the cart for you guys. How about <laughs> that? Well, as no, I love the sport. I'm just no good at it. That's and fair. They're my brothers, quite frankly.
0: Okay. Next question here. I mean, obviously. Not a golf guy, but if you had to be a caddy for someone on the PGA Tour, who would it be?
2: Oh man! Um, so when I was playing down in uh, well, and I don't even know who started. this is. how shows how, how little I follow golf. I am sorry. I'm this. We're taking a real right, right bad turn. Anyway, um, when I was down playing in Georgia, I played in Columbus for a couple of years. Um, there was a PGA tournament happening. Man, I don't even remember where it was, but it was close by, and we, a bunch of us went and watched, and we got to see Phil Mickelson, and we kind Weapon. of followed him around, and holy cow. Uh, you know, that there again, just another level. I had seen some decent golfers just from the celebrity golf tournaments that I had been a part of, but when he would hit the ball – I mean, holy cow. and I'm a lefty too, so I guess that, that accounts for something. So, I, I don't know. Is Phil still golfing or is he
0: packing? Oh, yeah. He's still golfing and he's got like the yeah. aviators on now and he's like too cool for school. He's nice. he, he's, a, he's a money bag Just there. putting on
1: a show now for there the There you for go. For okay. So, that, it's Phil.
0: <laughs> okay. Next question here. And it's, you know, me and my gal, we have watched uh, Nashville, the TV series long enough. You know, we were pretty passionate about it. Oh, oh, Everyone's gonna churn me for for saying this. I don't care. I like the show Nashville. Do you watch yeah. the show Nashville? And did you have like a quote unquote Freebird Cafe where you and your brothers would uh, you know go back to and you know sing a song or two? Um, Tell me if you no, watch Nashville. I
2: actually, I actually haven't. Uh, my parents, <laughs> surprisingly enough, um, told me that I need to, and Dude, so I, I really should. You gotta watch I Nashville. Gotta get on that. Yeah. Oh. So I yeah, no, I apologize. I don't have a, a great answer. Um you know, <laughs> is there a specific place we go back and play? Not necessarily. Um we just I think for us we love wherever. Like if we get a, if we get an opportunity to, to pick up a guitar and, and sing a song or two, and sometimes those intimate settings are the best, you know. Uh Turner, you mentioned kind of backstage with twenty people and you get to really sit face to face and yeah. it's great. The big stages are a lot of fun. But anytime you get to be in kind of one of those those intimate settings that's that's really cool and, and especially with people that know your music and and are asking questions it's just kind of like a you get to hang out and chat and and they ask questions and, and it's just yeah there's something special about that
1: yeah, that's great um playing hockey you grow like growing up you, you learn a lot of life lessons through hockey and uh yeah what can you t- did you take anything i'm trying i don't know how to say this here what, what did you take away from hockey? Uh, yeah, what, what did you take away from hockey and you took it into your, your musical career?
2: Oh, man. I I'm tend to be long-winded. I could give you a real long-winded answer for that one. Um, there's actually a lot of similarities. Um, you know, there's the element of, of it being live. You can do all the prep you can, you can in hockey, you know, study game tape, um, have your system in place. But when you step on the ice, um, I mean, the teams that are more prepared typically do better and that stick to their system, so I'm not saying that, but there's the element that it, it, no matter how prepared you can be, there's an element of having to react in the game. You don't know, is it, where is this guy going? How is he going to react? Is there going to yeah. be a breakdown somewhere? You, you've got to be able to read and react on the ice, and live performances are the same. You can be prepared. You can know your part. You know what I'm going to play. You know what song's coming next, and you know, the power goes out. The, uh, you know, you break a string. We were, we were playing in, in actually Quebec at a cool festival in Quebec, and we had three guitar strings break all at inopportune times. No. Like in one of the songs, we were finally, I had broken two, so both my guitars, and <laughs> we didn't have a guitar tech at that particular event. So I had broken both the strings. We were, I'd broken the last one in the final song. We got called out for an encore, and it was a broken down acoustic song.
1: Oh. I grabbed my brother's
2: acoustic, <laughs> And no. the string broke on that in the in the final <laughs> song, and it's like it's like just every guitar string broke, and it's like you can't prepare for that, you know. You I mean, you can try, you can have an, and having guitar tech helps, but if if it breaks in the middle of an acoustic song, what are you going to do? It it is what it is, and you got to react, and, and you just have to respond accordingly. So there's that aspect. Um, you know, this is maybe, and I and I don't want to harp too badly on on either. Uh, but there are politics involved in hockey there's politics in music, there's that yeah. aspect that there are things that you have to work through that way and and uh, there's certain things that, that are just part of, of uh, being a hockey player or part of uh, being a musician that, that just play its way into it and, and that's fine, it is what it is and, and I think at the end of the day you know, you, you hear coaches, you hear scouts, you hear people say, you gotta be you you gotta do your thing, you gotta be whatever has got you here to this place you gotta keep doing it and, and, and and really and it's kind of the same in the music you gotta you know you gotta find something that sets you apart and uh, you know for us we're five brothers that's that's a little different we lean into our harmonies and you got to be you and you know what at the end of the day if someone doesn't like it if somebody's not a fan of you, it's like, well, you know, you're not going to make everybody happy, you know, and so uh, you don't try to be something for somebody else. I mean, we're we want to of course we want to treat everybody well. That's not about that. But you got yeah. at to at the end of the day, lean into what you can. And I think there's similarities there. So there's actually a lot. The more we the more music we've done, the more similarities that we've been able to find.
0: All right, JJ, two more questions for you because, again, we don't want to keep you. And I, I just had an interview this morning with a guy from Barstool Sports, and I said I have a hard yeah. time, um, you know, closing out interviews because I get so excited because I, I don't know you, and now I feel like we're bros, so That's pretty, awesome. pretty you. sweet. You so it. exactly, We're bros, exactly. We're pumped. Exactly. The question <laughs> is, when you were playing for Rosetown Red Wings in 2011, was it 2011, right, Turner? What was the, um, you know, what was your pre-game uh, your, your per game um, you know, dollar amount? What, what, what were you getting paid? <laughs> what
2: say that again? What was my pre-game what?
0: Sorry, what was your per game uh, dollar amount? Like, what were you getting paid per game?
2: Oh. oh. Hey, <laughs> that was the cool thing about that team and I can honestly say that. Um, you know, they would cover our expenses to get up there, but that was that team that that uh, lost in the finals to uh Southeast Prairie Thunder and it was just a bunch of guys from all over the province that just wanted to go and play. And that's what I think made that so special. And so they were, uh, uh, that was just a bunch of guys wanting to play hockey, and and th- th- you know what the cool thing about that year was, was that um, you know I had been out of hockey for a number of years by that time, and when we stepped on the ice to play that first AAA game, because Lloyd was in the you know in the league with Bentley and all those teams in, in yeah. Alberta, and uh, we had to beat them, and then turn around and I think beat balgoni or something i can't remember exactly yeah how it balgoni, down, Yeah, but, um, it was something like that and we weren't i mean they had been playing all year in that triple a league and they were the host so they were in either way so if we lost that series balgoni would have got in by default and um and so we had to beat lloyd and then turn around and beat balgoni to get there and which was fine that was just the way the draw worked but we stepped on the ice for the first time and as you mentioned earlier, Drew, you know, there's some great hockey players and there were guys that were just fresh out of pro fresh out of junior. And we stepped on the ice, a bunch of us guys. And it was just like, it reawakened in you that, that passion that you had when you played pro hockey. And it was just like, it kind of fell back into place. And even though we had been out of, you know, playing pro for two or three years or whatever it was, it just all of a sudden came alive again. And that was the magic of that team. Well, it wasn't, you know, guys, I mean, mean, maybe other guys were being paid, but I know for most of us, (laughs) we were just coming in there playing, and it was fun.
0: And that's the way it should be. That's just the way I am. I respect that. That's a great answer, and that's an honest answer, because I I believe you. So, um, but, you know, there's a guy like Carter Smith. I I, I got to meet him, I want to say a year and a half ago. Yeah, so Smitty, you know, assistant coach of the Moose Jaw Warriors, now they're called it in, AAA Warriors here in Saskatchewan, Moose Jaw. But, like... I was watching the game actually about six weeks ago before I even, got, I wasn't happy on the show. I'm like, God, like these are some good hockey players. They must, they must be making, you know, a grand a game. Like when I was playing senior, one of the head coaches was making a grand a game. The coach. Wow. I was making 50 bucks and hey, you show up, you show up. It is what it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, no, that's crazy though. I mean, that, that's, but that show is like the game's changed, though, from, you know, that's 10 years ago now. I mean, not dating you at all, by any means, but dating myself. <laughs> but Sorry, that's...
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that wasn't a jam, I swear. We're still bros, I promise. No, but, um, yeah, no, it, it, it's just crazy how do you, you think, you know, 10 years ago, you know, we want to play, we want to win, we want to bring this trophy back to our, our town and, you know, celebrate it with this Rose Town Red Wings or whatever it is. Yeah. But now it's, you know, it's kind of changed is where guys are kind of going wherever the most, uh, where the most dollar signs are uh, flying around. But anyways, yeah, I thought that was pretty yeah. cool.
2: No, it was it was really cool, and uh, it was a great team and a bunch of great guys. And, and like I said, I don't know what every agreement was, and uh, you know, like I said, they covered expenses. I think they got us some sticks and stuff, and and made sure that it didn't cost us anything. But uh, we weren't doing it for that reason, and and I don't think anybody was. And like I said, that was the magic of that team was that everybody just wanted to be there, and and uh, it's cool. We were playing for Rosetown, And I did have to stare at their whatever 42 and old (laughs) banner from the year before when they beat us in the provincial finals. And we should have won Mm. the game and shot them. And I will say that. That was the last game. See, you mentioned Jubilee there, Turner. Yep. That was the very last game played in Jubilee was the game that we lost to Rosetown to lose the Provincials, but they were a good team. But uh, other than wow. having to stare at that banner, it was, uh, a—I <laughs> mean, it was a great, and we still have friendships. Those guys, you mentioned Smitty there, Carter Smith. Um, you know, I haven't yeah. talked to Smitty in a little bit, but we'll get ready to go in the field and we'll send a text back and forth and Jared Jagow up in Rosetown. And that's the cool wow. thing is those friendships.
0: That's unreal. Well, and speaking of the 42 and 0 thing, that's when I played Raymore. We played Bethune, and they had like Mike Reach, they had Matt Delahay, they had Smitty, oh, they yeah. had Cott. And guess, guess yeah. who beat that streak? This guy. <laughs> I didn't beat him. Raymore. Raymore uh, Rockets yeah. knocked off a three year, never lose a game ever. Let's be honest, though. They're an unreal team. Bethune was unreal. Uh, but to be them we actually never, yeah. uh,
2: I can't remember if we ever ran into Bethune. I don't think we did.
0: Well, they were good. Like when I played late, like, I just missed, which is the year before I was actually going to a game to watch who was going to play for It's either Bethune or Raymore. And at the time I was like, Oh, I'm going to go play in Bethune because they had Kyle Ross, Stallion, uh, Matt uh, Struby, again, Reacher, um, Kott, um, Yeah, you name it. Uh, Holfield, Hofi was the, the best goalie in the Western hockey league at the time. Ten years yeah. prior to that, but anyways, um, yeah. yeah. So, we beat them. Not a big deal, but nice. I
2: think Kyle <laughs> Ross was playing in I forget where he was playing one year when we played against him in provincials, but uh, yeah.
0: Well, it was crazy. He was supposed to play. Was it last year or two years ago? He was supposed to play for, I want to say Bethune in the when they went. Yeah, when they went. Um, what's it called? Triple A. Yeah. He shattered his foot playing men's oh, no. rec lead in Alberta and Calgary. He's a lawyer now, so.
1: Yeah. yeah. He's got to figure it out with the U.S. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, KjD okay, last question here, because, I, again, I don't want to keep you, and I said last question. This is the last question. <laughs> Dallas Smith, Jojo Mason both said yes. When there's a concert back on, is off the hosel invited to the concert on stage? Okay, you're gonna have to.
2: I'm sorry. I, this is a farm. I, you know, you're you're interviewing me from the farm. So it's like got all sorts of noise going on in the background. I have to Dallas, say that.
0: What? I have to say that question again. Okay, Dallas Smith, JoJo Mason, they both said yes. Yeah. But when uh, the Hunter Brothers are back on the sh- background, uh, you know, they're doing live concerts, no masks, everything's back to whatever "quote unquote" normal life is. Is off the hosel, invited to uh, you know come hang out with the boys.
2: Well, I mean, first half of the interview, the answer was, uh, you know, a resounding yes. But I don't know it depends on the age question. Hey, gonna find way age. Into this. Like, hey is my brother's gonna be,
0: 40. Uh, like, my, my Troy's 40. There you go. Okay,
2: well, I don't know. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm having second thoughts here, guys. But uh, Trust me. Of course. Why wouldn't we? I mean, let's go.
0: I love it. Okay. JJ, man, this has been so much fun. I mean, I, I can't, uh, turn it. You have anything else? No, that's been awesome. Yeah. JJ. I mean, this has uh, been so much fun today. I, I hope we can do this again. One in person Two, whether we have to do it on uh, audio again. Uh, let like us said this has been awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on and ho- I hope nothing but the best for you and your four bros and your families. Uh, stay safe and stay healthy.
2: Hey, thanks guys. I really appreciate you having me on. I keep doing what you're doing. I can't wait to, you know, meet in person. And you guys have some great questions. So <laughs> for a couple of Sasky boys, that's pretty impressive that you guys came up with those, you know, but, uh, other yeah, than we have no, our GEDs.
0: Never... We have our GEDs in Drake uh, 12. That's about
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we got a shout out to, to our, our buddy, Cole Lind, who helped set this up, too. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, wishing him all the best, too. Um, look forward to seeing how his career progresses.
0: Awesome, JJ. team, man, we'll stay in touch, and we'll talk soon.
2: Thanks so much, guys. Have a great one.
1: See ya.
0: COVID spring break is right around the corner. And you know what that means. Spring break in your pants. Manscaped is here to ensure that the party in your pants never stops. Even Veronica Corningstone wouldn't say no to this pants party. For everyone preparing for pants party this spring break, I have an exclusive 20% off discount. Use the code HOSL20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Get the 20% off free shipping with the code HOSL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscape.com, and use the code hazle 20 Say hola to your new beautiful balls with Manscaped. Already there is episode sixty-two with JJ Hunter from Shaunavon, Saskatchewan. Back to back, Shaunavon boys on the podcast, and obviously Troy and Daniel aren't here, as you heard through the whole podcast. But Turner is here. Uh, thoughts on the podcast today, Turner?
1: Uh, great interview. I really enjoyed it. Two Shaunavon boys. Must be something in the water there. That's it. That's it.
0: That's it. Deadly. Yeah, no. I I really liked. You know, JJ just. Super appreciative of everything, uh, you know. Obviously, he's a, a man of many hats, and you know we talked about it. Me and him were texting him about, it and he's like, nah, "I'm just, a, you know, another guy." And I'm like, "No, no, let like, let like you. You played pro. You played in the Western League. You, you were a good hockey player. You played almost in the NHL, yeah. and then you just said, I love music.' So that's pretty cool." Yeah.
1: Uh, just listening to that interview, I think you can get a good idea of. What kind of person he is? You know, he's a great guy. I love chatting with him.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's our uh, our podcast this week, and we have another beauty on next week from Barstool. J J Hunter. Wow, you know what? He said we're bros. I threw two jabs at him. weren't intentional. Yep. No, just. Showing how old I was. He didn't know how old I was. So I showed him how old I was. He's not old either, though. He's 40. He's in his prime. He's changed careers in the last 10 years. And now he's a unreal country singer with him and his four bros. Can you name all four bros? No. Really? But. I'm going to try. Luke, Brock, Ty. Who was the fourth one? Oh, no. All right. Well. Dusty. 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 You're seeing um, Daddy's home.
1: Yes, I, dusty. <laughs> dusty.
0: You're Dusty. Am I? Am I dust No, that's what he says. You're Dusty. Will Ferrell says he goes. You're Dusty. He goes. No, I'm not. Yep. And watch her bond. You were Dusty at the airport. <laughs> so, no, great guy. JJ Hunter, check him out. Check out Hunter Brothers. I knew they have a new album out right now. Do you know what it is? Check it out. Um, great guys.
1: Yeah. Um, I think if they get the exposure that they get up here down in the States, they could blow up.
0: Absolutely. That is uh, very true. Yeah. Okay, Turner, thanks for stepping in today for Troy and Dan. I appreciate it as always. You're on the taxi squad. You've been called up, got your COVID test. You're in You're in, you're in for the long haul. Game time decision. Game time decision. Scratch after did. warm-ups. You came in. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Turner. We'll talk to you soon. Everyone else, have a great Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Have a good week. Whenever you check this podcast, check it out. Reminder at underscore off the hosel on Twitter and Instagram, and at off the hosel on Facebook. Check us out. Like us, retweet us, share the podcast, tell your friends. We'll talk to you next week. See ya.